Excellencies, dear friends, it is a very great pleasure to be, have the opportunity of speaking again to those representatives of Ireland that I had the opportunity of meeting and discussing the situation of Ireland when they visited me at the home of the President of Ireland last June. I think this is the most dramatic demonstration of the precipice to which we have come. I've been thinking about the conversations I've had since June, and what occurs to me is this. Did the occupants of the islands and their representatives, did they invite the sea to rise? Did they invite the great weather changes that would destroy their homes, would destroy their ways of life, disrupt their trade? And as the Secretary General has pointed out, they are actually highly represented in the initiators of the catastrophe to which we are now responding. Yet they are on the first line of the victims. And I think that in meetings like this, I'm so pleased that there is an agreement by consensus and a commitment as well to take that agreement by consensus and use it as a tool for enabling the architecture of the United Nations to respond, be it in terms of financial, in terms of planning, in terms of its development assumptions, to enable us to get to an entirely new place, a new paradigm of connection between nature and the human presence on this planet, and cohesion and forms of culture. But this is what we have to do. And I do agree with the Secretary General, and indeed with the President, that in fact the small island development states and coastal communities have for the most immense moral reasons given leadership on what is matter. And that is that we cannot afford to allow our words in one compartment to be contradictory of another. There must be consistency across the architecture in delivery. Most of all, the words must be followed by action. I think there are very strong messages in the declaration, and particularly in relation to the 1.5 degrees, which clearly establishes this is not academic. This is about life. And then all of the things we have discussed before in the community of nations, for example, the word disaster, it has a different meaning in island life. It is a disaster that will come again and again. And therefore, the financial response to a disaster must take account of the danger of recurrence. It must deal with the necessary, the tools must be sufficient to deal with anticipation, response, adaptation, protection, would of all else have say, this must be the beginning of a new paradigm of connection between ecology, the Anthropocene, and social life. I am so pleased as President of Ireland that we were able to host the meeting we do. I am so pleased that Irish representatives have been able to work with brothers and sisters in bringing this event to the point at which it is. But I do also want us to say that there is an intergenerational dimension to what we are doing. We cannot go on as we are, and we must have the courage to say we are not about adaptation 
of putting a new lens on what is failing. We are struggling and necessarily taking the steps to come to a new place of harmony, a new place of balance, to realize as well in many cases that those in island communities are protecting, they're not protecting what we're making available for them. They are protecting what they know in the hearts and traditions of their country, the development that may not have been allowed them that was appropriate, and the right to be partners with us in turning us away from our mistakes and enabling all of us uh, to live in peace and security. I think, therefore, in many cases, those to whom we are the subject of our consideration today must be, we must always remember that they were not near the source of the problem. And then again, we must ask as well, what examination, if you like, of responsibility is taking place in the minds of those who were the source of the problem? It is, after all, not island communities that took all of the greatest benefits from fossil fuel development, nor are they those who, in fact, actually are the source of the difficulties that flowed from irresponsible, unsatiable consumption. Nor are they the source of the bad models of development that were really quite ethnocentric, unilinear, linear, and hopeless. I think what it is a great advantage, and I finish on this, this is a great moment for the United Nations to demonstrate its unity, take charge of the opportunity of a great making a new beginning. And isn't it wonderful that it is, if you like, the representatives of the populated planet, the representative of the peoples of the planet, in all their diversity and tradition, in what I would wish would become a common part of discourse, in all their varying vulnerabilities, are saying not only in what we will achieve today for islands and in changing the architecture, but of the kind of United Nations we want in the future to bring us on to future generations. And yes, none of this is idle idealism, which is my final point. The rules of publics, markets, states, and politics. In economists, I say there is no concept that cannot be refigured, cannot be given new content, more inclusive content, through the prism of a new model, a new paradigm of ecology, economy, and, and social cohesion. And I believe that it is beginning today. I think that his today is of the most significant day. And I pay tribute to the President, to the Secretary General, and all of the participants in all of this great work, which is a work not on a single issue, but an issue about, an issue about defining the future itself. As I say in my own ancient language, may the blessing of cooperation and of all of the different cultural forms and belief systems of the world be, give success. And may we all take from the leadership that the islands of the world will have given to us in creating a United Nations of which we can be proud.